Welcome to A Flame for Christ, homilies to set your heart on fire with love for Jesus Christ. My name is Father Joseph Gill, priest of the Diocese of Bridgeport, Connecticut, and you've joined us on this Feast of the Holy Family. Perhaps one of the most beautiful and one of the most countercultural teachings of Christ is his teaching on marriage and family. Rather than seeing marriage merely as a natural reality that's for convenience or for comfort or for pleasure, Christ has elevated marriage through grace to now be a supernatural reality, which is oriented towards our holiness. And there are so many elements of marriage that could be spoken of on this great feast of the Holy Family. We could talk about self-sacrifice or faithfulness. We could talk about how the family needs to be the domestic church. But I think our readings today lend themselves to speaking about one of the more controversial and countercultural teachings, and that is the blessing of children. In the, you know, in the ancient world, really all the way up to the modern world, children were always seen as a blessing. For Abraham, in today's first reading, children would be the visible sign that God was pleased with him. In a sense, it was a way in which his name could be made immortal, right? When you pass on your name to the next generation, then you have some aspect of yourself that's continuing on long after you pass away. You have an impact on the world. And that's why he was so thrilled and overjoyed with this good news that he was going to, that his wife was going to give birth to a son. But sadly, I think many in today's world see children not as a blessing, but as a burden, You know, this past year, magazines such as Time Magazine and Business Insider ran articles entitled, There's No Better Time to Be a Dink. Dink stands for double income, no kids. And these articles talked about how many young adults are choosing not to have kids so that they can travel and pursue their dreams and have their nice big house and really just so they're unburdened by this idea that you have to be shackled to a kid for 18 years. And, you know, recent uh, study in 2022, a survey of young adults said that 44% of young adults say that they will never have kids. 44%. That's a huge number. And, and, you know, I get it. Okay, kids are expensive. The government said that in last year to raise a kid to the age 18 costs $310,000. Okay, that's uh, certainly, a, you know, a lot of money. But looking at it through the eyes of Christ, we see that children are not just a drain on our resources. Rather, consider this for a moment. It is a privilege to bring an immortal soul into existence with the help of God. I mean, really, we have the outrageously awesome honor to assist God in his creative act as he brings another soul into creation so that that soul can be an immortal glory in heaven. What an awesome joy that is. And yeah, I know that you know a lot of couples perhaps are struggling with infertility, which is a huge cross for them, and, and they can't have kids and maybe they're called to have a spiritual fruitfulness in their marriage. But it's impossible for a Catholic to be a dink by choice. You see, I mean, because that's one of the very natures of marriage. In fact, the church teaches that the primary end of marriage, not the secondary, but the primary end of marriage is the procreation and education of children. And even as part of the marriage ritual, one of the questions that's asked is, will you accept children lovingly from God and bring them up according to the law of Christ and his church? And if a couple says no, then that marriage is actually invalid. It's not a valid marriage. Now, yes, indeed, it does require trust to be open to life. But nevertheless, there's a great line from the Psalms that's always struck me. It says, I've never seen the just man forsaken, nor his children begging for bread. All the day he is generous and lends, and his children become a blessing. There's also a Russian proverb that says, every Every baby is born with a loaf of bread under its arm. 
It's kind of the idea that if God gives you a child, he will give you all the graces and even the material blessings necessary to raise that child so that we're not going to be impoverished. We're not going to be beyond the resources of our strength. And yeah, that means that we may not be able to vacation in Tahiti and get the Ferrari, but I think we're going to find a richer joy when we are open to life and welcome the children that God wants to send us. Now, once our children are brought into the world, then we have the obligation to form them to become saints. All parents want their kids to be successful, but usually that means having a good job, getting into a good college, you know, finding a happy spouse, success in the sports field. But you know, the great French Catholic writer, Leon Bloy, once wrote, the only true tragedy in life is to not become a saint. The only true tragedy in life is to not become a saint. So, I mean, think about it. All of the other successes that we may have in the world, first, do they lead to happiness? No. And second, can we take them with us? No. The only thing that we can take with us and the only thing that leads to the deep happiness of our heart is to become a saint. And so we as parents have a tremendous obligation, but also privilege to help our children along the path to holiness. So how do we do that? Well, a couple of suggestions. First, by prioritizing God as a family. You know, St. John Vianney said, God must be around us as the air we breathe. In other words, God is not just something that we do on Sundays for an hour, but rather God is something that must be part of our, the culture of our family. That involves putting crucifixes on our wall and pictures of saints around the house. That involves having Bibles and other religious books in the home, teaching our kids to pray, and most importantly, prioritizing Mass and the sacraments. And this is a big one, my friends, because... If we, forgive the bluntness, but if we skip Mass even once because we're prioritizing something else, whether a kid's sports game or dance recital over the Mass, then we are committing the sin of idolatry. We are worshiping something else other than God. And it teaches our kids a really unfortunate lesson when we do that because it says, yeah, God is uh, second to your dance. God is second to your sports. But what does the Lord say in Scripture? He says, love the Lord your God with your whole heart, whole soul, not half your heart because the other half is taken up with football. Rather, we have to prioritize Christ by making sure that we get to Mass every Sunday without fail. A second element that's so important is to preserve the innocence of our kids. You know, think about it. None of us would invite Hugh Hefner or Howard Stern over for dinner. That'd be ridiculous. So why would we allow our kids to have an unfiltered smartphone in their homes, in their hands, in their rooms, where we can put, have them, they can access such filth at the click of a button. My friends, if you get your kids a smartphone, you have to put a filter on it. There's no other way. I cannot tell you the number of children who have lost their innocence thanks to that device that it, it, pretty much every kid has. Closely connected to this, parents have the duty to make sure that their kids have good and wholesome friends. Yes, teach your kids to love everyone, but only allow them to have intimate friendships with the ones who are good kids, who are going to lead them along the right path, where the peer pressure will be positive. Finally, I recommend surrounding your kids with examples of holiness. You know, think about, of course, the lives of the saints and how they inspire us, right? Who is not inspired by the great sacrificial love of St. Maximilian Kolbe, who gave up his life for a prisoner in Auschwitz? Who is not stirred to a greater, greater zeal when they see the zeal of St. Francis Xavier, who traveled all throughout the East, baptizing tens of thousands, evangelizing culture after culture? Who would not want to give up everything for Christ when you read the story of St. Francis, who did just that? 
who would not be amazed at the power of God when you see the miracles worked in St. Padre Pio, for example. But you know, not only the examples of the saints are important, also living examples are important. A great turning point in my own faith journey was, you know, my dad had the opportunity to be part of this men's prayer group that met at an ungodly hour on Saturday mornings. And when I was 14 or 15, he would invite me to come along. And I remember coming and seeing these men that I respected, men that were, you know, the plumber that came to our house and my baseball coach and, and the f- father of my friends. And here were these men who were getting up early to pray, to, to encounter the Lord, to seek holiness together. And that made a huge impact on me. Yeah, like, oh, wow, I want to be like them because I admire those men. Of course, the parents have to be the first and primary examples of holiness. In fact, Pope St. Paul VI once said, Modern man listens more readily to witnesses than to teachers. And if they listen to teachers, it's because they are first witnesses. Now, my friends, I know that there's so many parents that are listening to this that have had kids who have strayed. And this is, that doesn't mean that your job is still done, it, it, that your job is over, because your job still continues, even if your kids have strayed from the truth. Now it switches now that your, your job is to pray and to fast for your children. Sometimes people say to me dismissively, oh, well, they'll come back, they'll come back. But statistically, that's not happening. A lot of young people that leave the faith leave for good. They don't come back when they get married. They don't come back when they have kids. So we have an obligation to pray and to fast and to live lives of radical holiness, showing them that the joy that we have comes from the Lord. But the good news is that God loves your children even more than you ever could. And so that's consoling, that he is trying at every moment to break down the doors of your kids' and grandkids' heart to really bring them into the peace of a relationship with him. So as much as we want them to get back with God, God wants it even more, and he's working to draw their souls back to him. My friend St. Therese of Lisieux once said of her parents, God gave me parents who were more worthy of heaven than of earth. I pray that the same may be said of each of us who are called to the daring yet joyful task of parenthood. <laughs>